This week on the pod, trade deadline fever. Well, not really, uh, but we do have a trade to talk about. Round six covered, plus we have a couple of interviews from our Super League players post-game. Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen, because it's time for your Super League podcast. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Welcome to the electrifying world of Super League basketball. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host, Dale Taylor, and tonight I am joined by Rowan Sword, Commissioner, how are you, mate? TT, good. How, how are you? Good, man. Good to have you on. And someone who's been missing for a couple of weeks, it's good to have him back, uh, is the big pirate, Lucas Plaza. Hey, boys, it has. It's been a few weeks. I've, um, I've, missed, I've missed the pod. I tried to get on the live pod uh, last week, but um, technical difficulties shut that down. But, yeah, good to be back. We um, we saw you, your face there for a bit. That was actually pretty good. Yeah, well, it's the only my pod. I was thinking about just writing some signs, you know, like what is that movie, like Love Actually or something, and just like just just signs up on the screens, like Dale is a puff, Tristan is a puff. <laughs> <laughs> the league is full of puffs. But that's all he knows how to say. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, what is just... sign language for that? By the way, that's, that's I'll find out. I'll find. Out. I think I'm just flipping you the bird on the sideline, and I'm just calling you a puff. <laughs> Anyway, that's our quota of poofs for this podcast. We'll get in trouble if yeah, we say I think it. we've exceeded it. Uh, just a quick segue into uh, this episode brought to you by Link Scott from Coronas Real Estate. One Coronas, many solutions. Here's an interesting story. As we we're uh, as Link was leaving his game, he had a blinder on, on Tuesday, which we'll talk about. But um, as he was leaving, one of the boys yells out, One Coronas, many solutions. <laughs> so, <laughs> So I'm sure Link went to his car and goes, yes, the advertising is paying off. The boys know the slogan. <laughs> Mate, he's, they're going to name the company after him soon. Have you ever seen their website? He gets like salesman of the month monthly. Every like, month. He's like oh, um, he's ridiculous. like playing D-grade in, yeah. uh, and he's an A-grade player. He's a, he's a machine when it comes to selling houses. So. Good I've got all the stories there uh, if anyone's interested. But, uh, yeah, absolute gun at what he does uh so shout out to to link scott from coronas one coronas many solutions all right boys we um we better talk some basketball it was the trade deadline uh it was about three hours ago now um i was sort of expecting a large flurry of trades uh coming up to 5 p.m today but um i was a little bit underwhelmed Ro, what do you? What was your thoughts on this? Uh, I, I was expecting a few, a few to trickle through today. Um, sort of just had a little recap of the whole season, and I feel like we've had more trades than ever this season. Yeah, um, it has been a very busy season, but yeah, always like just before trade deadline, there's always a couple more, and um, yeah, we didn't we didn't get them today. We did have one trade this week, um, leading up to the deadline, though. Um, but I was I was expecting more. Oh, you were? I was expecting more. I know there was a lot of conversations oh, right. at GM chat. I know there was a lot of people um, shopping and fishing guys, um, and, yeah, nothing nothing transpired. So the GMs must be happy, um, and they're going to press on and back the squad that they've got. 
I think you, you made a point earlier there, Roe, but there's been a lot of movement already uh, this season. So, um, I d- yeah, I don't, definitely- I don't think the Penguins have got anyone else to trade. They've traded everyone. That's a normal. That's a season regular occurrence for for Starkey. He's a uh, he's a very trigger happy GM when it comes to trades. But um, yeah, I think there's been a lot of movement already. There was definitely a few offers getting thrown around. A lot of GMs chatting, uh, trying to trying to find the the right moves if they if they needed to make them. But yeah, it's good to see the trades. It's a funny thing, you know. You feel like as a GM sometimes you don't want to trade your players. It's like, oh, am I? Are they going to be offended or? Um, you know, is it is it uh, is it a good thing? What if they what if they ball out once I move them on? But I, I've done some trades before, and it's always you, you either you either win or you you lose out of some trades. But that you always tend to make it a couple of new friends anyway, so it's not a bad thing. Don't be afraid to trade your players next season, GMs. Anyway, John O'Brien, it, uh, it is part of the league, and it's what makes the league separate and different. And uh, it is it is it is all in good fun. I know that a lot of these trades are done, um, <clears throat> obviously with everyone's best interests. At, at you know at heart as well and um you know big trade this week i think it was a big trade um i just had a little count we've had about 13 13 or 14 trades so far this season so we've had over Ooh. 30 or 35 players traded so far it's a lot isn't it it's a lot um however some of those players have been traded more than once and that that leads into what happened a couple of days ago we had dill jack dill jack and aj scott Traded from the Penguins to the Bucks in exchange for Joey Nativo and Matt Wheatley. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, um, interesting yeah. trade. I um, I wasn't expecting I wasn't expecting Dill Jack to to be on the block so soon after arriving at the Penguins. So I suppose that was the most interesting part about the whole thing for me. I don't know what, what do you think, Poz? Yeah, I don't. Um, what did he have? One game uh, with the Penguins, I think, and then moved on again. It's, um, it was definitely... I think you might play no, two, maybe. Yeah, it wouldn't have been any more than two. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it was um, It's an interesting trade for mine because I think, obviously, Joey was, I want to say, a fifth-round pick for uh, uh, for Joshy there at the Bucks. Um, and you got Dill Jack, which was a, who was a second-rounder. Uh, so I think in terms of overall points per game and rebounds, they're getting an upgrade there. Um, and Maddie and AJ, uh, both both later picks in the draft in the seventh. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think Joshy could have a really big win out of here. We all know what Dill Jack can do. You know, he's, he's quick up the court. He plays with a lot of intensity, and he hits the lanes really hard. So interesting. Um, I'll be interested to see how it goes. Joey's been traded. I want to say how many Super League seasons we had nine. I reckon he's been traded twelve times. Twelve. He's probably not far off, actually. I was just, nah, I was just it, having it, a quick think about it. But yeah, I reckon yeah, that's probably not far off. He's been traded pretty much every season, and I reckon in a couple of seasons he's been traded, obviously, at least more than once or twice. One season he got traded before the season even started. He got traded as a pick. So um, This is one of the more interesting uh, seasons for, for Joey getting traded because he's having probably his best season since his first maybe two seasons in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so he's been he's been dealing with some injuries for a long time, and now he's uh, yeah now he's back up and running. And um, you know I think it shows in this trade his trade value is very high. Well, well I think I, I think Joey's performed second and third round of this season. Um, that's why yeah. you know Dill Jack's the the fair exchange for him. I think you know Joey's had multiple games this season where he's put up over twenty points. So I think he's uh, he's been in great form, and 
it's a bit of a compliment when you get a fifth rounder traded essentially for a second rounder. He's um he's very versatile too, Joey. So you tend to find those guys that um, while they're not first round picks, they're still very productive in the sort of second, third, and fourth rounds. You get some really good players there, so they tend to move around a fair bit. Um, I've noticed over the seasons. Uh, so Joe's Joe's moved on. J- uh, Dill Jack is starting to rack up the number of trades as well. That's three trades this season. Um, so he's going at three trades for two seasons. So I don't know if if Dill hopefully Dill stays in the league. He might uh, might be able to chase down Joey's most traded. <laughs> at some point um but yeah. the other the other part of this trade i think is really interesting um matt waitley off to the penguins and he and he's teaming up with luke thomas and mike snyders and i think that um i spoke to luke thomas this week and luke's really excited to have matt waitley and his team and he thinks he's going to get the best out of matt so it'd be really cool you know see matt you know hit good form and you know contribute with threes we know he's a great shooter so if we can get someone like luke thomas um, getting the best out of Matt Waitley, I think that's going to be a really good move by by Starkey. It's interesting, yeah, putting that size back into the team too. Like he had Ash Beck, he had Nate Gormley, um, and I think he sort of missed that that extra big. Like he was the sole big there for a couple of games. So I think um, adding a bit more size in the paint too is uh, is definitely going to help. And you know, I, I, I yeah, I completely agree. I think they get that balance back. But also the Bucks also finding, um, you know, with AJ Scott, I think he's a he's a really quality shooter as well. Um, just got to get him open. So if both these guys can use these AJ and Matt Wheatley a little more effectively than what they've been used so far this season, I think it's a win for both teams. I'm just scrolling my my Facebook actually, and I think AJ Scott's going for the title of who's at ball three sixty more, AJ Scott or Dill Jack. So <laughs> um, I think AJ's catching him pretty quick. Well, you never know. Like sometimes you get these trades, and um, you know they've been traded together, and now they'll be born out at um, ball three sixty. And um, yeah, who knows what? Who, who knows what's going to turn up for the Bucks? This this might be uh, a match winning trade that um, you know gets them deep into the finals. Well, there you go. We've uh, we've dissected that trade pretty well, fellas. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out for the rest of the season. But um, you can't be moved anymore. So. Um, teams are now locked in and it's now a, a race to the finals, essentially. Yep. Hey, just quickly before we move on from trades, fellas, we're it's obviously Rowan and I are both GMs and DT. You've jammed, I don't know, seven, six or seven seasons out of the nine that we've played. Do you guys off, Do you guys consult your team when it's getting close to the deadline and sort of bounce off the players in your team and try, you know see if they think you need to make some moves or improve in one way or not. Is that that's what I do? I, I tend to ask. I put it to the group chat probably you know a week or two ago and said, "Hey guys, you know I'm I'm pretty happy, but what do you what do you reckon? Do you feel like we need to improve in any area or you know target a certain type of player?" DT, do you want to do you want to answer this one first? Yeah, I I never really did. Um, I always had you know like a, a quality um, player that I'd, I'd put a lot of trust in, and and I might sort of consult them is, is to in terms of you know a, a player that i was targeting and how they'd fit in the team and etc cetera, etc cetera. so i might just ask sort of one person i think and then um and make a decision based on that but um as far as like a a group decision uh for the team i sort of i pretty much left that up to myself yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm pretty much i'm similar to that um 
But I think also when you've got franchise players as well, you've got, you know, your, your, your top-tier player, you need to make sure you're getting maximum value out of them. So sometimes having a conversation with your franchise player just to sort of say, hey, what do we need to do to, you know, get bang for it, bang for our buck and maximise your performance? And maybe I think bouncing ideas off them is a good idea. I've been lucky this season. I've also got two two other GMs in my team or two ex-GMs in my team as well. So I sort of bounced a few ideas off um, Lockie and Tristan as well this season. So um, and part of your draft strategy, draft all the GMs. <laughs> I, I think it's 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 very important to have um, you know guys that know their know their role and also guys that um, you know high IQ guys, guys that know what you know what what it takes to be successful in the league. So. It was it was part of the strategy to make sure I had those guys. Well, you missed on a very important one. I'm just just saying that before we move on. Uh, who are you referring to? Myself, of course. Anyway, I couldn't get you. <laughs> Toronto <laughs> took you. Toronto took you pick nine. So um, yeah, if you slip, I remind him of that every single week. <laughs> pick nine, Jono. What were you thinking? Uh, it man. seems like he's got no regrets. But anyway, let's <laughs> let's move into some some basketball games. We had some cracking games on the Monday night, and the first game of the night was your Baronia Bloodhounds row getting up by just three points on the Ringwood Rangers. Yeah, it was a new look Bloodhounds. Um, obviously, um, at that trade the week before, and we bought Cooper Lansing and Blake Schreiber over. So it was. Uh, I was really excited to see how. How those guys would fit in and um you know they came out and they played extremely well and uh ringwood range has been a pretty successful team this season so we were we were stoked to get the win and and yeah by just three points um i was i was sort of not expecting well i guess i was expecting a close game here uh, i wasn't sure what to expect from your bloodhounds you know you inject a couple of new players what happens to the to the chemistry and you know the offense you know Putting a player like Cooper in sort of completely changes your offense. So I was I was sort of thinking that the Rangers might get up in this one. To be honest, I had this as a very like, I didn't think it was going to be a close game. I had it the other way, DT. I had the, I had the Hounds sort of uh, on my prediction, probably running away with it. You put uh, a couple of young studs because Coop and Jacko play together in youth league as well. So it's not like you're putting two pieces together that haven't played together before. Um, and when we look at the stats, you can sort of see that it was those two studs doing their thing. We had Coop with 26 points. Um, he also had 10 rebounds and a big double-double. Jacko had 22 and 11 uh, and shot the ball really well at 50%. So um, apart from that for the Hounds, no one got higher than five points. Lockie McGrath had uh, had five points. He hit a triple as well. Um, I can't see the assist numbers here. Sorry, it's, it's a bit of a Blake, floor. Blake had four assists and uh, six rebounds. Jacko had six assists. Um, I had them in front of me as well. But, yeah, um, I reckon Coop might have four or five had too. Four assists. Jared Kells a couple of assists. So yeah. the ball was the ball was really moving. Um, but yeah, it was it was the bulk of the scoring load done by the the two Warriors boys. So. Um, Interesting, interesting trade, and it looks like it's paying off so far, Ro. But did you, did you bring uh, this trade into fruition just so that you could sort of do less and not, not shoot anymore? <laughs> no, you got a good midi. I do. Um, I do know my limitations, but that's um, yeah, that's two donuts in a row for me now. So I'll uh, 
try again tomorrow night. <laughs> I've got Bruno actually. I can't call you Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like Blakey Schreiber slotting right in for you there too, bro. Um, what would you say? He had four assists and six rebounds, DT. That's a pretty good uh, – that's a handy little little night. But Draymond Green there from Blakey Schreiber. Blake, yeah, was, he's Blake good, was, man. was very impressive. Um, yeah, stoked to get him across into the team. And, you know, when you make those um, – Two, pe- two people trades and you bring in two people like Blake and Cooper were linking up straight away and Blake's a pretty high IQ guy and got the ball to where it needed to get to and um, yeah I think he's sort of going to help us out a lot in that in that point spot so yeah really excited to have Blake in the team I think it's only a matter of time before he starts hitting buckets too you see him in the warm-ups and the guy's just money yeah yep uh, for the Rangers boys, um, I'm not sure. It looks like Bales must have hurt himself. He played three minutes forty, or is that a typo? No, nah, Bailey was sick. Oh. Um, yeah, Bailey was sick. He wasn't going to play at all, and he sort of just came in, and he was really bad. He, he could hardly talk. But yeah, I think okay. he wanted to come in and give the boys a bit of a spark, and um, he came out and had a crack. Uh, very good. Uh, across their stats, they had a really even spread of points. Uh, Jack Morris Burney had a, a double double, which is pretty standard for him. He had eleven and ten. Uh, Kyle Nagel, 13 points, eight rebounds. Uh, probably a little bit low on the scoring night for for Schnagger, but uh, he also only had seven 11, assists. Yeah, had only had 11 field goal attempts too, so um, didn't shoot a lot uh, by his standards. Nick Melson, who's been fantastic value for Bailey, had 13 yep. points and eight rebounds as well. Uh, st- shot really well, especially inside the arc. He had four from six uh, from two point range, so uh, a really good get there. And Shannon Humphreys had six and three, so. Um, I like that spread. Um, obviously, not you know a bit different from you guys there, Row, where you had two starts going at twenty. These guys have had three blokes in uh, double digits, and and Joshy Bauer had nine and uh, nine and eight as well. Sorry, I missed him before. Almost a double double for him. So, a nice spread there from from the Rangers. They, I think, you know, if you sort of eleven looks for Kyle's probably not enough. I think um, yeah. Big Jack and and Joshy Bauer had fifteen each there. Nick Melson twelve. You know, I get the share, you know, flicking the ball around and they've had some good assist numbers. But um, if, if I'm running that team, I want Kyle probably having 15 to 20 looks at a minimum. That's, I yeah. agree. So that's a credit to um to the job Cooper Lanting did defensively as well. Cooper sort of locked him down. There was a lot of pick and rolls he had to navigate. Um, and then obviously when Nagel got fit in the paint, he got a bit of a double team sometimes as well. So um, Kyle can only shoot the ball when he's open. So um, those boys need to maybe... You know, maybe someone else needs to play point guard and you get Kyle off for, you know, as a shooting guard for a few minutes just to get him hot again. Um, but, yeah, Nick Melson, super impressive. Um, and also, just call out Shane Humphreys. He had an opportunity to um, uh, redeem himself for what happened the week before with Mike Godfrey knocking a three in his face. He had the last the last shot of the game. and um, it, was it, was close. it was close. Unfortunately, uh, yeah, rimmed out. Uh-huh. Rim job. Love it. <laughs> um, did you just say Kyle can't shoot it unless he's open? I'm not really sure I agree with that, bro. Just make he's the just... most difficult shots I've ever seen in my freaking life. <laughs> he's uh, he, he's made shots with three or four people in his face before, so um, yeah, that, that was uh, that was definitely an error. But um, <laughs> a um, a credit to Cooper's defense as well. I think you know yeah. he, was, he he made sure that those shots were contested. All right. Let's move on to the next game, boys. The next game was another close one, and it was your Packet and Pirates. Blozzy getting up by four on the Lakeside Vikings in an under-12s-esque scoreline, <laughs> 32 to 28. 
Mate, I've been tooting the uh, Pirates horn all season, you know. We haven't put up less than 60, and uh, we halved that, we that this week. Um, no, it was, it was a dogfight, mate. It was a dirty old game of ball. Um, Mike and I had the rest come up to us at halftime and say, hey, boys, there's obviously a bit of a scrap. Do you want us to, you know, let it go, or do, do you want us to tighten it up? And we're like, no, no, let it go, because we can't, we can't afford to have blokes sitting off. Because <laughs> there was a, a fair bit going on. Um a good win for us. We, um, you know, it was just back and forth all game. Um, there wasn't many high scorers. Uh, we had uh, Jamie McNeil put up a double-double for the Vikings. He had 10 and 14. Uh, Jared Marshall had 10 points as well. He was really impressive, um, sort of running the break and, and getting out the back. Uh, apart from that, we got three donuts on the Vikings. How's Mark Surtees? Fifteen rebounds. That's incredible. Fifteen balls yeah. from Mark. Yeah, I, th- I said to him at the end of the game, we we're shaking hands. Said, "Mate, it felt like at one point we were literally just running back and forth and rebounding me and you." And he said, "Yeah, it was pretty much it." So he had fifteen boards. He had five on the offensive end. Uh, Mike Godfrey had a, a pretty workmanlike game. He hit one shot, but you just sort of felt like he was going to hit a big one later in the game. So we played a bit of deep. You know, tried to sort of single him out. On the offensive end, um, and for us, we did, we just had a, a couple more contributors. We had Brendan Clark get six points. Um, he's been really good the last few weeks. Uh, Cal Shave, uh, he, he played a really tough brand of ball, like he does. He, he got inside, he got fouled a lot, and did some damage from the uh, from the free throw line at the end. There, he had eleven and five. Um, Davy Quang had four and seven. He got a tech foul too, Davy, which is interesting because he doesn't talk much, so um, he might need to quiet he doesn't, down. Does he? No, he doesn't. Uh, Jared Hendricks didn't put. He, he didn't get on the scoreboard, but he had seven rebounds. He had five on the offensive end too, so that was a really big thing for us. Uh, my third donut in a row. Um, I did nothing but rebound all night and had a, I think, a, an assist and a steal or something stupid like that. So, um, and Will Tankard, who was the best of us by a mile, had 11, 14, 11 and fourteen. Sorry, he had four assists and he had three. Uh, sorry, four steals and three blocks as well. So he was really big on the defensive end. Uh, it was probably the difference in this game. He, he, he was missing everything all night, and then in the last minute knocked one down from deep. So, yeah, he knows how to hit a clutch bucket. I said that in the group chat. That was that was a big, big bucket. Yeah, and like, and to credit to the Vikings, you know, obviously they played a really good defensive game on him, and it sort of fought, not forced their hand, but we were missing Pete uh, Kennedy as well. So, um, probably has been our second option to the bucket, Pete. So not having him there meant they could really focus on on Will. Uh, we only had three uh, attempts from from the arc, so usually we'd probably have him going at least five, probably closer to ten looks from from the three point line and sort of that catch and shoot type position. Um, but I just we sort of said to him, I said to him all night, I said when you get the look, I said you're going to have to take it because at some you know you're too good of a basketball, you're going to you're going to make the shot eventually, and uh, and he did. He um, got us over the line, and I don't want to talk about this game much more because it was shit to play in, and I'm assuming it was shit to watch. Sorry. It was definitely shit to watch, actually. <laughs> it was horrible. 18-19% shooting from the field, obviously. <laughs> Lots of rebounding opportunities from a lot of misses. <laughs> but why Why did that happen? Why did we have that style of basketball? Why, why did, was it, you know, do you think it was just heavily defensive? You know, um, Godfrey had a good plan and, you know, tactically I locked your, your boys down or... I think it was. I think it was. Uh, it was a very defensive-minded game. I mean, the looks were there: sixty-two to sixty-one looks. Yep. Um, you know, Mikey's shot the ball fifteen times. He's going to hit usually six or seven of those shots. You would assume. 
Um, you know, Paul Day's had three looks from outside the arc. He's usually good for a triple or two. And, and Marky Surtees in the inside's the same. And I look at our end. Jared Hendricks has had seven looks and hasn't hit the bottom of the bucket. That's not like him. He's usually pretty tidy. And so he's still coming back. Give him a break. No, man. absolutely. No, that's just what I mean. I just it was I that get off him. Get <laughs> off him. You should have traded. Get, get on him. <laughs> and, and Clarky as well. You know, two from fourteen. Clarky usually does his work sort of at the four, so he gets inside uh, using his little spin moves. So a low percentage all round. The, the the bucket just seemed to get smaller for for the Vikings and the Pirates game. I had Glad wrap on it or something. So can't do much about that. Um, but yeah, it's it's a win for us. We're pretty happy. We're one and four now. So I said that uh, one and four, uh, four and one. Sorry, I said to the boys that we're four and one. You know, we can afford to sort of go back and forth with a few teams now, and we'll still make finals. Uh, so it was a good result. Yeah. All right, fellas, we'll move on to the next one. The next game, next game, sorry, was uh, the Cadinia Crocs fifty-seven to the Clyde Kittens forty-nine, and uh, Dill Packer. Had himself a game. Fudge. Bill yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Get him we've so got, dirty. We've said this for a few weeks. Um, Dill's sort of had a couple of quiet games and we're like, man, his shooting's got so much better. We've you know, we've seen the improvement. He dominated the um the combines, you know, and then and then finally he's put up a performance that he deserved to get. And he's got his dropped twenty one points and shot it amazingly well, shot at forty four percent. Man can just flat out shoot. He's a, he's a Insane shooter. He started well last season, if I remember right. He was an injury replacement, wasn't he? Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I reckon his first game, his first couple of games, he was in the double digits. He had a few uh, few triples. So good to see him you know, sort of ease into this season. <laughs> um, Hayden Melson was the next highest scorer. So uh, Dill Packer, 21-5. and H. Melson, 19-8. and eight. Cooper Pantano had one of his quieter games. He, he was nine points. Uh, seven rebounds, handful of assists. Um, then we had D Stowe with just the one shot, two points. Uh, I'm not even going to say it. S- uh, Sean Sirikowski, six points, ten boards. Good game from him. And Zach Jock didn't get on the board. Only took a couple of shots, um, but was five boards as well. So um, pretty decent spread from those guys. And, and I think in this game, Dill Packer stepping up was huge. Yeah, I think I think Stowe's um, got the boys sorted now. Like Cooper Pantanio, um, obviously running the point, but also good to see Zach Jock as well sort of help out at the point at times as well. Um, really impressed with both those boys. They're, they're really, you know, good hustlers and loose ball gets and stuff like that. And that sort of allows um, H. Melson to sort of slash off the wing a little bit more. Um, obviously, eyes on H. Melson, you've got open shots to Dill Packer as well. So, um, yeah, I think Dan Stowe would be quite happy with um, – you know, the, the boys combining and, and, and playing their role and obviously Sean Sikowski, 10 rebounds. I think that can be a weekly thing from him as well. Three from four from the field for Sean as well. That's a pretty, that's a, that's a very he's fighting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's been, uh, he's been threatening too, Sierra. He's, um, I don't know. He's, he's, I remember we played the Crocs a few weeks ago and he just sort of, he's in the right spot. He's always in the right spot and he gets good looks. So, Good to, good to see a few drop for him. Um, Zach Jock, I'm surprised. He's usually sort of up to just like five or ten points. Um, he only had the two looks as well. So, um, yeah, look to him to bounce back next week. I, I, th- I think that's a credit to his decision-making as well. Like, he's sort of – he'll just take what comes to him. And, um, you know, when it's his his shot, he'll take it. And, uh, as I said, he sort of assisted with that, that point guard responsibility at times as well. So, 
um, yeah, really good to see Zach with the ball in his hands. And, um, yeah, he'll get going next week. He did have four assists. Yep. Very nice. For the Kittens, we had uh, Dan Whitfield with another big game, 21 and 8 uh, with three assists. We had Nathan Ewell with the next highest scorer. He had uh, nine points, three boards. You had uh, Alex Kerr and Ash Cash Turner both on six apiece um, with a, a lot of rebounds between the two. Um, Nath Gormley with five points, nine boards. Uh, I was a little bit surprised to see that. And Jay Burgess uh, with two points and nine boards. I was, um, I was sort of surprised, like, in, in a team that doesn't have, um, you know, a massive inside presence, if you look at their lineup on on uh, on Monday, it was Sirikowski, really, as the, the sole big. And um, Gormley is just such an imposing force inside. I thought he might have had his way a little bit on Monday. Well, he had 13 looks. I think, um, if I'm not wrong, I reckon this is nice either the first or second game back from an injury too. So um, he's obviously starting to, trying to find a little bit of touch, but two from 13, that's not usually going to happen with Nate. He's usually going to you know, punish your legend more if you to the inside. So um, he'll bounce back. I think, yeah, I, I probably saw that happening too, DT. He's sort of taken um, of Sierra and I thought Woody as well, but obviously Woody didn't play. Um, yeah, not might have been the difference in this game. To be fair, like if if Nate hits three or four more of those shots, you know, this, this results a bit different in that. Absolutely, um, Road. You saw a bit of this game. I mean, how good yeah. was Dan Whitfield? How good was um, how good was Nathan Ewer on the? Yeah, on so the I just got Nathan Ewer's stats up, um, and I just want to obviously his, his first game he had zero, but then after that he's had two from two from outside. One from four from outside, six points, and then he had three from four from outside. So I think he's gone under the radar because he's shooting at about sixty percent from outside, sixty or seventy percent from outside this season, um, which is ama- yeah amazing. He, he was another guy that went in the seventh round, and um, you know his last three games he's had nine, six, and six. So um, Nathan can shoot the ball, um, and I think he's a yeah been a really sort of he's just slipped under the radar. Um, and sometimes we look at these score sheets and we don't really, um, you don't, you know, unless you're getting double figures, you don't really stand out sometimes. But for a seventh rounder to have six or nine points every game, but also hit clutch threes and shoot at such a high percentage, I think Lug- Lugie's got a really good one there. And Dan Whitfield, same same as normal. He, he shoots at 40% or 50% every week. He gets to the rack. He's got an outside game as well. If you if you close out too hard, he's, he'll penetrate. And if you help play help defense... He's got the best floater in the league. So um, Dan Whitfield is incredibly hard to stop. Um, looks after the ball, hustles on the boards. He gets O boards as well. He's had six O, o boards in this game, and he's he's having 20, 25 plus points a game. So Dan Whitfield, I think, would be making a sneaky case for MVP. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I I've said this already, but I think that he's. Um, yeah, he went late in the first, and I think he should have been top 10 for sure. Yep. Yeah, I think so. Spoken like a top 10 pick yourself, TT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jono, pick nine. What were you thinking? <laughs> All right, the next game of the night, lads, was the Kui Koalas versus the Berwick Sharks, and it was the Berwick Sharks winning 40 to, uh, sorry, 45 to 40. So uh, this, 
top versus bottom, and we had a, a five-point game. So this is this just highlights how awesome the league is at the moment, how competitive each game is. Yeah, um, I, I sort of I looked at this game and thought maybe the Sharks might blow them out of the water, but um, yeah, it was anything but. It, it, I think the, the Sharks might have had a commanding lead there for a bit. Correct me if I'm wrong. And the and the Kui Koalas, they came back strong. Yeah, that, that's how it happened. Um, you know, when you look at this stat sheet, I want you guys to both check out the uh, the offensive rebounds on this Berwick Sharks team because um, this happened against us as well, obviously, the week before. Um, so I'll read it out. They've had 31 offensive rebounds, which was more than their defensive rebounds. So they've had 59 rebounds for the game, 28D and 31 in O. And I think 31 offensive rebounds is potentially a league, league record. Yeah. Um, 31s have, have come from like everybody on that team. Everybody's crashing boards. Um, I think guys like Bryce Joyner, uh, Liam Blacker, they're, they're like two of the biggest hustlers in the league. Like they just get on everything. Obviously, Cooper Rice and Benny Rhodes as well. Um, you know, big bodies inside. If they're in the right spot, they, they'll pull on those boards as well. So I think the Berwick Sharks, the formula to stop Berwick Sharks at the moment is make sure you win the rebound count because uh, they're smashing teams. Well, easier said than done. My God, they won it by 26 in the end. Yeah. Um, but they only won the game by five. So I think you've got to credit the Koalas uh, perhaps for for limiting uh, what the Sharks are able to do offensively. You look at Lee, the way he's been playing the last four or five games, and Lee had 14 and five um, and, and a couple of assists as well. So that's, you know, that's one of his quieter games this season. Um, yep. I'd be pretty happy with 14 points, but that's pretty quiet for Lee. Yeah, uh, yeah. Might as well read out the uh, the the shark stats here, fellas. We've got Benny Rhodes with a big uh, with a big double double. Um, he's probably my favourite player to watch uh, in Super League at the moment. He had twelve and twelve uh, on eighty three percent shooting. Um, the big fella wandered out to the three point line and had a crack. That's what's ruined his hundred percent there. So probably not big Benny. Uh, Bryce Joyner had two points. He had 11 rebounds, seven of those offensive. Uh, Coop Rice at eight and 12, six offensive rebounds. Uh, Jaden O'Neill, five and five. Uh, and like you said, uh, DT Lee Belton had 14 and five uh, with some assists as well. Bit of a lower night for him. I like Liam Blacker's game, four points, but he had seven O boards and three steals. Um, that's what you're no drafting. No defensive rebounds, seven O boards. Seven so. O boards. Yeah, that's what you're drafting. You know, Liam Blacker for his um, is his hustle game. So very nice there from Liam. Uh, for the koalas, they had a couple of donuts. Brady Healy and Dylan Gray had zero points. Uh, Brady had six rebounds uh, and three blocks too for Brady Healy, which is fantastic. Brady, Brady also had a, a pretty bad injury as well. So Brady I'm hurt himself back. Yeah, he, he rolled his ankle, and I think it's the start of the last quarter. So, fingers crossed that Brady's okay. Uh, Dill Gray with only 18 minutes too. So, Mitch is going to get flogged out the back with a sock full of batteries if he doesn't fix that. Uh, Jakey Connor had five points, two rebounds. Uh, Mitch Gray himself had 10 points and five rebounds. Uh, Spares had 12 and nine on 50% shooting, six from nine. Seven assists. Yeah, six from nine in the two point uh, inside the arc as well. So, good finishing there from Spares. Uh, 12 looks for spares. I probably want him up closer to 15 to 20, if I'm honest, if I'm you know running that team. Uh, Robbie Middleton had nine and three, and uh, Sean Johnson had four and five as well. So good spread. Um, like you said, a close game, this one, 45 beats 40. Uh, I think the Koalas showed a, a pretty good account of themselves, to be honest. Yeah, I think you walk yeah. away from that game pretty 
pretty uh, happy if you're the Koalas. You you pushed one of the best teams in the comp um, to a you know a five point game. So um, I think full credit to the Koalas in this one. Um, I think yeah, well executed by Mitch Cray as well. I think they tactically locked down, you know, not locked down Lee, but contained Lee a lot better than most teams have. <clears throat> um, I think Rob Middleton's start, starting to sort of work his way into the season as well. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Nick Spaz has had 12 shots at 50%. As you said, seven assists, a lot of facilitating, uh, probably needs a few more shots. Um, but Mitch Gray also started the game extremely well. I think he had seven points in the first quarter um, and his shootings improved a lot. Before we move on and go to the break, I just wanted to record that Lee Belton had one steal in this game as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all right, lads, that yeah. wraps up our Monday night uh, coverage. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsors and get straight into our Tuesday games. Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate, changing lives for the better. One Coronas, many solutions. Here to help with all your property needs, whether you're selling, buying or leasing your home in the southeast suburbs. Lincoln demonstrates exceptional diligence, drive, commitment with 15 years of experience selling local and living local. Thinking of selling? Contact Lincoln Scott at Coronas Real Estate today on 0423 486 285. Horn Industrial Coatings offer you the best quality in epoxy floor coverings. Whether it's a factory floor, showroom, garage or outdoor basketball court, Horn Industrial Coatings will have you covered. Their products are designed to be hard wearing and are suitable for foot traffic and even vehicle traffic. With over 20 years of experience, Dean and the crew at Horn Industrial Coatings will make sure your flooring is finished to the highest standard. Get in contact for a free quote at www.hornindustrialcoatings.com.au. Okay, fellas, we are back to talk about some Tuesday night games. And uh, the first game of our Tuesday night game uh, games was the Dandy Ducks going down to the Nary Warren Silverbacks 49 to 39 in what was, I felt, a competitive game of basketball. It looks it, mate. Um, I mean, 10 points is usually starting to get up there in terms of margin, but uh, it looks like you guys had a fair old crack. You you played a pretty good game yourself, DT. Uh, it's a difficult game, man. Like, um, I think the, the Nary Warren Silverbacks are probably one of the best defensive teams that you're going to come up against, and um, they definitely made life hard scoring and um, – we sort of expected them to come out kind of slow out of the gates as well, and, and we knew that they, well, we assumed that they weren't the best three-point shooting team, uh, and then they, they hit their first nine points of three-pointers, I think, so it sort of really took us by surprise, and when they're playing such good defense, those three-pointers are much more significant. Well, they shot the three ball at 37.5%, and you guys, as shot, good as it gets. you guys shot it at 8%. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> you, you did. Who's the main? Leon had two from ten. That's your main culprit, but that is what it is. Zero from three for Lucas Armstrong. Zero. He from still hit three. two more than anyone else on the team. <laughs> yeah, no one else. <laughs> John O'Brien zero from three. 
Uh, Dill Henry, zero from one. Everyone got in on the party bar, James Mittermar. Maybe he needed to put up a big a big triple to sort of start the fire. He may have. He should have, actually. He should yeah. Uh, for the silverbacks, yeah, for the silverbacks, we got Dave Gormley had sixteen and six, uh, a really good game there. Jakey Sutherland, a double double, ten and twelve. He had six offensive boards too, and a couple of steals from Jakey, so a good defensive night. Uh, Jordy Hendricks had two and three, which is probably a bit low by his sort of lofty standards. Um, you usually expect him to be up closer to ten rebounds and, and sort of eight to ten points. Uh, Josh Faraja, I'm, I'm probably saying that wrong. Josh, I, I don't apologize. Just say Faraja, mate. It's not. It's not hard. I can talk you through it if you want. I was going to say Faragaya. I don't know. Anyway, I say everyone's name wrong. I got told off in the Player of the Week for spelling Melson wrong for the last four years, so that was fun. So um, do it. Yeah, I know. Uh, he had four and six. He also uh, – oh, no, I'm looking at someone else's there. Sorry. Uh, Keel Sutherland had three uh, three and seven as well. Uh, Michael Kassab had four. And Riley Lanting, ten points, five rebounds. Good to see Riley hit a few shots. That's three in a row mispronunciations. I love it. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> like I said, I don't apologise. I, I have my flaws. If I was a perfect man, I'd have hair, and I'm not a perfect man. So. Well, I don't know. You're not far off. But, um, <laughs> I thought, uh, if, um, I thought Josh Farage's game was much more significant than the, the stat line shows, and I think that's been the, the storyline for his season. Um, his, his defense was terrific. He played most of the game on John O'Bray, and John O didn't hit a field goal. Um, he, he really made life tough for John O, so I'm just glad he wasn't playing on me. Um, I thought Kyle played a great game defensively as well. Um, yeah, just, yeah, this whole team is very, very hard to score on. So, um, you know, even Jake's defense, Geordie Hendricks, even Riley Lansing's defense was fantastic. I, I, I just can't, can't say enough about this team's defense. They're grouse. So, a team full of dogs, mate. Like they're, they're all just chomping at the bit to, to get a steal or out rebound you. So, they're going to be hard to play against, and they, they've proven that in the first five rounds. Do we think at the moment, DT, the defensive player of the season, defensive player of the year is going to come out of the Silverbacks team? Uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe not. Nah. Um, I think you I got think too there's many. Two people, like, there's too many good defenders and they're probably sharing votes here. But uh, I think for me, so far this season, defensive player of the year would have to go to Josh Farrager. He's, he's bloody awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, for shout four. out to Josh Farrager, by the way. He brought his two-year-old baby. Oh, to, the, uh, to the game on Tuesday just so he could lock up John O'Bray. So that's that's commitment <laughs> for you. Um, and there's not, not a fiercer competitor in the league, I don't think. Seeing some more kids getting around Super League, I love seeing it. It's good. Uh, I saw Kyle Sutherland had his, uh, his his young fella there on Monday night having a look. Um, I try and bring my kids down when we have the, uh, the early night. It's good to see. Uh, for the Ducks, DT, you led the way. You had 12 points, seven rebounds. You had five assists and four steals. Um the cops were waiting for you at the front, ready to lock you up after thieving <laughs> four times. Uh, Dan Catolico had a fantastic game, 13 points, 11 rebounds. Um, Dill Henry, two points. He had eight boards, though, which is fantastic. Uh, James Mittermar with five rebounds. Uh, three on the offensive end, too, which is good for James. Love that. Uh, yeah, John O'Bray had a stinker. Uh, he was zero from seven from the field goals. Uh, he had four rebounds uh, and three personal fouls, so probably not ideal for John O. Leon Stapley, um, 11 points. He had five rebounds as well. Uh, and Lucas Armstrong had five rebounds. So 
Um, you, you know, you get a couple of those those guys, sort of John O'Bray is a, a 10-point-a-night scorer. Uh, Lucas Armstrong sort of five to 10 points a night as well. And there's a difference in your game, I think, DT. Yeah, like I said, it's just it's so difficult to score on this team. And um, I feel sorry for, for Jono um, with um, with what he had to endure all night. And I, I swear I, I was telling all the guys I didn't have an open shot all freaking night. So it's, um, you know, whenever you take a shot against this team, it's a tough shot. Um, so I think credit to our guys. We stuck with it. Um, they got out to an early lead and we, we sort of hung our heads a bit. We... We called timeout and um, sort of came back and persisted, I suppose. And I think in the second half, we went to a man-on-man defense and, and it paid off for us. We, we were able to sort of win the second half and, um, you know, a lot of positives came from from the end of that game. But uh, shout out, I think, to Dave Gormley. His 16 points, uh, particularly in that game, I think is probably worth Thirty on any other team, so I think uh, I think his sixteen and six was significant. I think we, we we say that every week with um with Dave now, like his his numbers are almost worth double what he gets because of because of the game style and because of the way that the Silverbacks are playing. You know, they know that they can lock teams up to thirty or at least less than forty points. You guys scored thirty nine points against them. That could be the highest score that's ever been scored against them. Um, so could, yeah, maybe. But we yeah, still lost by was, ten. But, but um, yeah, when um, it's so low scoring, there was a stat for trash talk. I think um, I think <laughs> Kyle Sutherland probably would have led the way, and then I would have been a short second. Um, <laughs> we had a we had a good old hit out in the game, and um, I don't think there's too many other people that you could do that with that wouldn't take it personally. So, um, you know, we we hugged it out at halftime, and I think from then on, like we knew we were just sort of. We're at each other, but in a good way, not a not a bad way. So it was good. <laughs> he, he loves it. He loves it. <laughs> he does. He does. All right. The next game of the night, lads, was the Philly Island Penguins uh, going down to the Emerald Bears, 46 to 37, uh, in what was a yeah an interesting sort of game. I think the um, I think it was Jeff Reed. Paving the way again uh, early on. No, it wasn't. No, uh, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was a bit of like Super League one and two type from uh, performance from Kentuziak. Mate, he was back on the break. Uh, I was chatting to him today. We played golf together, and he was telling me he's loving playing with Jeff because he just hits him. He just all he has to do on defense is wait for the rebound, and he just takes off. And, and Jeff usually finds him. So, uh, what's that? Sorry, just a touchdown pass all the time, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. We used to do it um, back when uh, Flanners was in the league. We used to call Flanners Tom Brady because he was just throwing TDs to uh, to K two in the on the offensive end. But Alex had twenty one. He had two rebounds and a couple of steals as well. Shot the ball at fifty three percent, so or fifty two point six percent. Sorry. So he was the main difference in this one. Greggy, uh, Gre- fit Greg, Greggy Wise had eight points, thirteen rebounds. Uh, interestingly for Greggy, he shot the ball pretty poorly by his standards and for where he usually takes his his looks. So I'd expect Greggy to he could have he was you know not far off having a really big night here. Uh, Jared Christopher had two points and uh, and three rebounds. Uh, Jeff Reed six points seven rebounds. His assist numbers I'll have a look at in a second, but I'm assuming he's had a handful five. of them too. Yeah, five assists. I reckon they all went to Alex. Uh, Mickey Francis nine points seven rebounds. I like that game. 
He's having uh, his best season, Frankie. Yeah, yeah. three steals as well and a couple of blocks for Frankie. So that's a, that's a fantastic game. Um, and Noah Hansen, who I've heard a bit from Greggy and from Alex, is an absolute dog on the defensive end. So he's, he's a, he hasn't got any points in this one, but I'd imagine he would have played a pretty big role either on Dill Jack or on even Starkey. Um, from what I can understand, he's been great value in the seventh for for Greggy, and he's he's probably one of their best defenders. So, um, yeah, uh, for the Penguins, we've got Starkey with four points, uh, twenty rebound, twenty one rebounds. Sorry, uh, made up for his his poor shooting night on the on the boards. Did Starkey? Uh, he was one from ten from the field, so you expect that to bounce back this week. Uh, Dill Jack had eight points, ten rebounds, two steals, and a trade. Um, <laughs> one trade. Yeah, <laughs> it was a uh, it was a near triple double as well. It, it was, it was. Uh, Harry Darcy had five points, five rebounds, uh, three offensive boards too. So good there. Uh, Jack uh, BM had eight points. Uh, he had three steals as well. And Luke Thomas twelve points um, on a on a pretty decent little shooting night from from him or not his best 31 percent but um did the bulk of the scoring for the for the penguins so um interesting there's obviously going to be a new look penguins next week i feel like we've said that a few times this season um so i'm interested to see how they bounce back from this one but the bears look pretty irresistible on the uh, on the tuesday night comp fellas to win to win a game with jeff reed only attempting seven shots is is very promising i think for the bears yeah i love the dynamic um you know jeff's obviously been around a long time uh, not just in Super League, but in local basketball, he's. Um, I think he's happy these days to sort of take that backward step and uh, be a, a genuine facilitator. And he, he's. I think he's liking having the the offensive threats of of, ja- of Alex and Greggy there. So it's bringing out the old school. He's almost just turning into like a, I don't know, like a CP3 type, where he's not scoring as heavily as he used to, but he's he's doing everything else. We had four steals as well. Noah Hanson, four steals. Pretty um, pretty decent night on the defence. 16 steals to nine uh, in the Emerald Bears' favour. So uh, you've got to like what um, what those guys are about. And um, they, they remain undefeated. So, um, yeah, target on them. The Silverbacks, the Dragons still. It's interesting that, that we'll probably talk about it a bit more later, but three teams on the Tuesday comp that uh, are undefeated at the moment. They've got, yeah, to, uh, they've got to start playing each other now, though. I think the fiction... Mm-hmm. Starting a turn and yeah, who did, games coming up. Who did this fixture? <laughs> <laughs> Blowing out, mate. <laughs> Rowan did the fixture. If anyone's wondering, that's a little uh, little poke there. And the fixtures are done before the teams are drafted. If yeah, I, we know. <laughs> they were definitely done afterwards. Yeah, we we yeah. picked the shittest lists and made them play the best lists early. <laughs> All right, the uh, sorry, the second last game of the night was the Garfield Foxes getting up against the Narnagoon Bulldogs, 53-44. to 44, And the Foxes look to be finding some form here. That's um, two in a row for the Foxes. So they are they are creeping up and I think sort of fighting out for that fourth spot um, on the East Conference. It was the um, – I, I think the story of the night was, was Matt Darcy. He had 15 points. He had seven rebounds and four assists. Um, but – I think the Foxes are at their best when he's being aggressive and he was definitely aggressive on Tuesday night. Do you reckon he's listening to the podcast like we, we said a couple of weeks ago? You know, he doesn't listen to, to the podcast. So Does or doesn't? No, he doesn't. He doesn't oh. listen to it. So, so we're wasting a lot about we say Matt we Darcy. 
Matt Darcy is short. Anyway, we continue. Um, I like Matty Darcy's game. I look, I look at this Foxes list, actually, boys. I haven't really looked right into it this season, but that's a deep list. It's good. Obviously, they got a good team. Yeah, big Andy P, Matt Darcy, Louis Munoz, Dave Morseman, Joshy Lanting, that's a, and uh, and Lachlan Elliott as well. There's nothing wrong with that. If you if you look at the most important stat here is that um, the Bulldogs have had 28 more shots than the Ooh. Foxes, and the Foxes Ooh. haven't had anyone take more than nine shots. So it was a really you know um, well facilitated game. Obviously, everyone everyone played an important role. Because um, everyone's getting sort of the same amount of shots for the foxes, um, but yeah, they shot at forty-eight percent. So um, good decision making and good finish by the foxes. Shout out Matt Darcy. He went five from eight from the free throw line. That's the best free throw shooting I've seen from him in a long, long time. The free throw shooting for the foxes in general for that game five from 45 percent. That's um. That's, that's their three-point shooting. Their, their foul yeah. shooting was just fifty percent, actually. Yeah, the foul shooting was iffy, but yeah, the three. Sorry, we yeah, I digress there. Forty-five um, percent, and then you look at the Bulldogs, eleven percent from the three-point line. So, you know, that's probably the difference in this one. Um, I'll run through the rest of the stats real quick here. So we we had Matt Darcy. We've already spoken about fifteen points, seven and four. Uh, Louis Munoz, eight points, uh, three rebounds. I like Louis putting up a few more shots. Yes. Uh, Lachlan, yeah, Lachlan Elliott, two points, three rebounds. Um, Joshy Lanting, seven points. Uh, don't mind that. He had a rebound as well. Uh, Dave Morseman, eight and seven. Uh, and Big Andy P, 13 uh, and 12 on 83.3% shooting. Uh, that's a very efficient night from Big Andy. That's Ben uh, Rhodes-esque. Uh, it is, yeah. <laughs> The, the two Just best also, also on this, like, um, on the plus minus, Lockie Elliott had a plus 17. So in such a, you know, it was a close game. It was only nine points of difference. Um, and your seventh rounders come in and had a plus 17 on the um, plus minus. So um, I think that's yeah. pretty pretty substantial. And I think, you know, first player, <laughs> first first game with the Foxes as well. So I think um, Joshy Lansing would be pretty happy with uh, Lachlan Elliott's output. Uh, for the Bulldogs, uh, we've got Timmy Morgan. He had 11, uh, 11 and 3. Four steals as well, but he did have five fouls, so that's limited his playing time. Hayden quite Bar- night from Tim, actually, and, and I think he's um, he's not far off from having a big game, so fingers crossed it's not next week when we play him, but um, <laughs> he's he's due for a big one. Yeah, absolutely right, mate. I don't think he's crept clapped, uh, close to the 20-point game yet, which is usually... Very much capable of having uh, Hayden Byron, fourteen points, four rebounds. I like I that love from that. yeah. I, love that from a, H. I reckon he had a quiet uh, either way. He's had a couple of quiet weeks, and I've spoken about it on the pod before. But it's good to see his numbers get back up there. Uh, Gav Tratnell, seven points, ten rebounds, uh, one block, which he'll be disappointed in. He's usually a four or five block a night type guy. Uh, Dan Bly, seven points. He had a couple of rebounds. And Dan Eagleton with five and eight. He had six offensive boards and two steals, uh, did Dan. So nice hustle night from him. I think the, we were talking about this post-game um, on Tuesday night. I think, you know, the Ducks and the Bulldogs, they've been competitive teams. So, um, you know, one of us is going to end up with a win next week. But um, I think... Regardless, both of these teams are going to get be, be competitive for the rest of the season. 
I hope so. Bulldogs, I think everyone's sort of penciled in for, you know, potentially make the finals. I think on paper they're, they're awesome. They've just um, haven't clicked and they've had a few games where they've underachieved and shot, you know, shot poorly that they, they probably had opportunity to win. You know, you look at this game, they had plenty of opportunities to win this game and unfortunately it hasn't clicked for them so far, but it will. I'm, I'm quite quite confident they're going to cause some teams some uh, some problems on the way home and they might get on a run and have four or five wins themselves. Yeah, and and I, I frothed the Twin Towers that they got now. Uh, you know, um, Hayden Byron uh, and also Gav Trapnell, but they've also got Tommy Daly in there as well. So it's, it's really, um, it's actually quite yeah, long all, all inside. Like bigs. Yeah. yeah, hard work. That's going to be hard work. Good luck getting a shot off in that paint. No, I know. <laughs> that doesn't sound fun at all. And you got Absolutely Gav, not. He's got the romper stomper haircut at the moment too. Like he's got the nude nut, so he looks even more intimidating than he usually does. <laughs> he does. He looks does. like a Nazi. A what? Sorry. <laughs> Nothing. I didn't say anything. Let's continue. Let's move on. <laughs> and the- <laughs> yeah, ah! no. I, I have a very, very good relationship with Gav. He'll love that. <laughs> Don't know if anyone else will, but he will. Uh, on to the next game, we had, it was uh, it was buck hunting season, fellas. The Dragons eighty beats the Cranbourne Bucks forty five uh, in a genuine fisting. Uh, the boys tried to upload it onto Pornhub later, but they wouldn't because it was rape. Uh, we've got Cam Scott with the first triple double of the season, eighteen points, twenty rebounds, twelve assists, uh, twenty four points for Mick Blythe, fifteen points for Phil Schofield. Sorry, eight rebounds there for Mick Blythe as well. I skipped over that. Eight rebounds for Phil Schofield. I like Ryland Dunn having 15 points uh, with his little midi there, little sniper, and Big Trent Reefed had eight and 13. Um, what did, did either of you guys watch Cam's game? I didn't. obviously didn't get to see it. I wasn't there, but... I, I caught the end of it, um, and, yeah, Cam, Cam Scott was just phenomenal in, in every sense. Uh, he was doing it all. Uh, distributing, rebounding, of course, and um, obviously 18 points for himself. That's uh, it's pretty insane. Um, but I think what's also quite complementary to that is you know, the stat lines that all their teammates put up was pretty massive. Mate, it's huge. And I want to point out for Cam too, three from four from the arc. Um, I'm not, I'd, like, I've played with Cam before, fellas. I don't, I don't know about you guys. He's, I wouldn't pick him as a three-point shooter. He can. Uh, he can. Uh, He's just not known for yeah. it. Nah, yeah. so to hit three from four is, is, a, is a really good night for him. Uh, shot the ball overall at 46%. This this team shot at 45.6% on the night uh, and 30% from the three-point line. So, um, yeah, a damn good performance. I don't think we're going to find, you know, eight, it, our league as a rule of thumb, you know, if you're putting up 50 or 60 points, you're probably going to win more games than you lose. To put up sort of 80, I reckon – your hounds put up a hundred point game last season, didn't they, Ro? It was ninety six. Ninety six, yeah. yeah. So this eighty would probably is probably going to be one of, if not the highest uh, score that we see, uh, you know, for the season, and with only five players as well. It took everyone by surprise. I think everyone was coming into this game thinking it was going to be a close one, and uh, I was definitely in that camp. Um, you know, I was talking to Link Scott after the game actually, and he's like. Mate, what in what world does Cam hit three from four from deep? He was so surprised and disgusted, um, and it was just it was funny to have that conversation with him because he's having a shot at his brother for doing so well. Um, hopefully, hopefully, they were in Link's face as well. 
<laughs> well, I've no doubt there would have been at least one. Um, for the for the Bucks, uh, we just had the one player in double figures, so a um, bit of a tough night for the, for the Bucks on on all fronts. It was Link Scott with twenty three and six. Uh, he had himself a ripper game. He had four assists as well. Outside of that, no one in double figures. Joey Nativo, seven and two and one trade. Um, uh, Mike Stewart had a quiet night. He was just he only took nine shots. It was two from nine. He had eighteen rebounds. So I think um, I think Cam and and the length that the the Dragons have um, really sort of bothered uh, Mike on the night. Uh, Joshy Saunders with just three points, disgusting. Dean Horn three points, five boards. Uh, Matty Waitley with a couple of points, and uh, and Jamie Franklin with a couple of points as well. So, I think if you're the Bucks, you just ride it off and move on. You're going to have those nights from time to time. It just um, it just happens. But um, for the Dragons, I mean, shit. Whew. Three three minutes <laughs> before halftime, the score was twenty seven twenty seven. Four minutes before halftime, the the Bucks were winning. I reckon, Sorry. yeah, I remember looking at it about that time and I reckon Mikey had five and probably six or seven rebounds uh, and Cam's numbers were fairly similar and I put it in the GM chat, you know, this is going to be a good, you know, good little battle. you got Cam and, and MVP Stewart having a crack at each other and then um, they've just run away from it, the, the Dragons. You know, it touched- was just, yeah, 17 to 50 run. Yeah, that's ridiculous numbers. I touched on their shooting before, but 45.6% compared to 27.4. Um, and then the rebounds as well. You got 56 rebounds to 35. So they've thumped them on the offensive end and then thumped them again on the defensive end. So in the, uh, they'll, they'll bounce back. The, the Bucks have got a lot to play for. They're fourth on the ladder at the moment and, uh, and just hanging in there. And they've got a great squad. So I think they'll be fine. But I think the Dragons are... You know, sort of stamping their mark as as one of the teams to beat, and five and zero, they're they're looking pretty good. And Michael Blythe would be pretty happy with the way they're going. I think Michael Blythe would be pretty happy with the way he's going personally as well. I reckon he had uh, with the assist numbers here, he would have had maybe five or six assists as well. I reckon. Yeah. What's he had there? Copping a bashing in the uh, in the GM chat, I'll tell you. Well, no, seven assists. He's not copping a bashing. It's just Kyle's getting into him. <laughs> the rest of us are like, hey man, we'll play But Kyle's like, you're a piece of shit <laughs> That's literally the conversations that are going on um, But anyway, third round GM selection, that can get stuff Because that will never happen again for Michael Blythe No, no I think that's a that's a once-off um, You know, twisted ankle Non-twisted ankle Break his leg, he's still going in the first next season Get stuff Yeah, I would assume so <laughs> I would assume so um, yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the comp for this week, fellas. Um, like I said before, three teams undefeated uh, on the Tuesday night comp and I think just the one undefeated on the Monday. So the Monday's obviously a little bit more even, um, but the Tuesday's got a fair bit of separation. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the Monday comp, actually. That's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, the Tuesday comp, you can sort of talk about the three teams that haven't won or have won every game and talk about them all night. But I think the Monday comp's probably got, I guess, a little bit more intrigue. Uh, who's been your standout so far, DT? Is it obviously the Sharks or are you picking someone else? Uh, I think, yeah, the Sharks for me on a Monday, they you know, they started off as a bit of a surprise team and, and now they're just kicking ass. Um, so I, I think, you know, you can't, 
you can't really pick another team outside of the Sharks. They've done a really good job all season, and it's hard to um, it's hard to pick anyone else at this stage on the Monday. I like the Rangers. I think they're what are they three and two. Um, yep. I don't mind what that squad's done. I think when I looked at the start of the season, I didn't. Not that I didn't rate it. I just, I it didn't stick out to me as a, as a team that was was going to challenge overly hard. But they're um, they're definitely producing good results. Uh, I'm biased, but my uh, my Pirates are, are taking the piss at the moment. We have haven't lost since round one. Um, your Hounds row, I think. You know, with that one-two combo you've got now, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out towards the end of the season, obviously, with Coop taking off. But um, I think you guys are going to be a team to watch as well. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously the, the top four rounded out. But um, below that, obviously, the Vikings and the Crocs are knocking on the door. Pacers aren't far behind either. Um, and the Kittens and Koalas are still obviously in the hunt as well. So out of the five teams that aren't in the top four at the moment, um, there's plenty of quality that are, are definitely trying to get in there. And obviously I think um, at the start of the season, everyone penciled the Crocs in based on their preseason form. Um, Mike Godfrey's team's always going to be pushing for finals. Um, and, and Grimo's obviously just made that trade a couple of weeks ago. He's brought in Calvin Austin and Dan Bell. And um, I'm hoping that's a win-win for both of us. And um, I can see the, the pace is also pushing up the ladder as well. So man, it's, it's super tight. I think the, um, the, the Monday night conference, you've literally got nine teams still still eligible to make finals um, or still still in the hunt and, um, and you know, genuine contenders from, from top to bottom, as we saw with a, um, you know, the Sharks and Koalas 45 to 40 game. It's it's so tight. Can you see anyone from that bottom sort of, what did you say, bottom, bottom five or six jumping up into the four ahead of the teams that they're now? Oh. Yeah, I, I could potentially see the Vikings, Crocs, and Pacers potentially making the finals. If you um, had to pick, if you had to pick one of them, have you played all three of them yet, or we haven't played any of these th- any <laughs> of these three yet? No, um, but I, I'm I'm saying the Crocs are probably the, the 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 best team outside the four at the moment. Yeah, I reckon if I'm picking one, I'm picking the I'm picking the Crocs. I don't mind the Pacers. I'm interested to see how uh, how the trade suits for them, um, and hopefully, it, you know, sort of. Gets them back closer to that even ledger, and they can push for the fourth spot on the on the Tuesday night uh, comp CT. You know we spoke about it before, but three teams undefeated um, and two teams without a win. Do you who, out of those three teams, the Dragons, Bears, and the, the Silverbacks, who's the standout for you? I think it changed after each time that we played them. We've played all three, uh, and I'm I'm going to lock in the Silverbacks. Um, defense wins games. They're playing defense really well, and Dave Gormley is just an absolute weapon. Uh, he's just got it all from from you know all three levels of scoring. So I think for me, it's the Silverbacks. Their the defense is just unstoppable, and the way they're able to keep teams to low scores uh, is just it's just crazy. It's kind of freaky. Do you see? I guess I'll, I'll see the Foxes two and three. Uh, the Penguins and the Unicorns have both got a win on the board. Do you see any of those three teams sort of jumping up and pinching a spot in the four? Uh, who's fourth currently? Uh, the Bucks, three and two. Give me the Bucks. No, I think I think we're locked in. So you reckon that four is going to stay pretty pretty consistent? Maybe just a few of the positions change around and that's it. You know what? I think it stays probable. Well, I mean, the first first three is anyone's guess, but. 
I think um, I think that's the four teams that that make the finals. Um, anything can happen in Super League, and you know, there's you know, you see you see the Penguin, uh, sorry, the Bucks get absolutely spanked um, by the Dragons. So you know, maybe maybe their form starts to slip. Who knows? Um, but I think given the track record so far, you've you've got to back the Bucks in um, to to edge the the rest of those teams out. I think. I think, you know, Foxes have won two in a row now. I think they're playing a really well-rounded game. And a, they are. Yeah, I think they'll finish fifth. A deep team. Um, and I think Starkey's shape up with the Penguins as well is going to be interesting. So they get, they're going to have a bit of a spark as well. Um, and then obviously the Unicorns have still got guys like Ashbeck and Jess Maudsley. So they're, they're going to be um, still pressing. They're only two games outside. So plenty of time for, for any of those teams to catch up, I think. And I'll tell you what, if there was, if there was a... A reason to um to tank. I mean, there's there's a few teams tanking on the Tuesday night. <laughs> no priority picks next season, but geez, it, it sort of sure looks as though there is. Well, as, as you look, you look at percentage. Um, you know, the Ducks have, have got eighty four percent, the and the Bulldogs are eighty one percent. So they're pretty um competitive percentages. So obviously, so we've all- lost every game. We're not even last. Yeah, but you know, like how many games have you lost by less than ten points or less than nine points? We've been competitive. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. taking the piss to an extent, but um, yeah, we, we've been very competitive, and I think the Bulldogs have been too. So they have. Um, yeah. You know, the game of the week next week on the Tuesday, uh, which we'll get into, uh, I think could have been the Ducks and the Bulldogs very easily. Yeah, hundred percent. 100%, but I think um, obviously the game that was selected has also got a lot of intrigue um, based on um, conversations <laughs> that might have been happening in the GM chat. Yeah, for sure. Well, that, that's going to sort of segue us into our, into our next um, section of the pod, uh, and that is, I mean, we'll talk about our Player of the Week and Team of the Week. Ro, can you take us through, first of all, our Player of the Week's? Yeah, player play of the week, uh, South Conference, uh, was my boy Cooper Lanting. First game for the Bloodhounds, fitted in really well. He's had 26 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists and 3 steals. So uh, stoked to um, stoked to have Cooper at the Bloodhounds and hopefully we'll get a few more of those uh, those type of performances. Um, and then obviously from the East Conference, Cam Scott had a huge game, 18 points, 23 rebounds and 12 assists. Not too often you get the uh, the triple double uh, in Super League. I think Snags has had one, and um, there's been a couple of others that have that have had them, but it's very very rare. Very rare. Twelve assists is, is huge. Uh, it's huge to get that many assists in Super League, and um, you know you probably need your team to drop eighty points to uh, to get to get a, a heap of assists. And um, you know Cam Scott, this could be his second or third time as well this season. I know Cooper's already had one. I think this could be. Cam Scott's second one. Um, it's pretty impressive that these guys are now double dipping and being recognised for uh, Player of the Week on multiple occasions. Twelve assists is probably more than what Lee Belton's going to get for the season, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he'll he'll bring you up on that, I reckon. DT, you'll hear about that later. Uh, he loves it. Team, <laughs> team of the Week. Um, you know, we've got both in Player of the Week, Cooper Lanting. And Cam Scott in this team, but also um, Alex Kutuziak had a massive game with his 21 points. Matt Darcy, as we said, he's super efficient, um, and he had a near triple double for the Foxes. 
and Ben Rhodes as well from the Sharks rounds out the starting five. And, you know, Ben Rhodes, I think, was 12 and 12 with about 84% shooting. So um, pretty pretty impressive from Ben. This is also Ben's second uh, team of the week. I think Alex Kutuziak has been there twice now as well. Uh, and rounding out the team coming off the bench, we've got Jackson Gray from the Bloodhounds. He had a 22-18 uh, and 18 performance, I think. And Michael Blythe also had uh, 21 or 23, 26 Jeez, points. Tough, tough gig starting Michael Blythe on the bench, I tell you. Man, you to have 26 points and you're coming off the bench is, uh, is pretty tough. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, good to, uh, it's good to be recognised and you're still obviously still part of the team. So it's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, team of the week, something we just dream about, you and me, Poz. What's that, mate? Team of the week's just something me and you can dream about. I'm not making a team of the week. Why would I? T- <laughs> mate, I, so we, <laughs> we this is a dream funny, about it, though, right? We can dream about it. You, you are a genuine chance. You, I reckon you would have made one before. But, like, I was thinking about this the other week, right? There's guys in our GM chat and everyone, all the chats about how good they're going and how much better they are than the other GMs. Mate, I draft my team so I have to do the least amount of shooting possible. Like, it's it's ridiculous. If, I've ha- if I'm having more than three shots, my team's not doing their job. So I will not be making a team of the week off that for a long time, if ever, <clears throat> unless I can somehow manage to find the bottom of the bucket in the next three to four weeks. We'll see how we go. Yeah, well, yeah. I think, I think man, you can, you can hit the bucket under... Yeah, you know, like those those little spoon fed things, man. If you had someone uh, like an elite point guard out there, I, I reckon you could um I reckon you could smash some some easy basket baskets in and make a team of the week for sure. I tried to get an elite point guard during the trade week, but um there's a GM that I won't name, John O'Bray, who just wouldn't cough one up. So Yeah, well, I'll have to I'll have to live with Pistol Pete, mate. I'm 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 very happy with my squad. But like I said, if I have to shoot more Pistol than five Pistol Pete's horses, elite elite. He is. He's mate. a great passer, great shooter. He's a man. He's an absolute. Uh, he's a he's a very nice guy too. Actually, I hadn't had much to do with him before this season, but we've got a little uh, little tradition at the moment. We after our game, after we debrief, we we wander on over to the little chalky box that's usually on the scorers table, and it was my shout this week. It was his shout the week before, and we're, we're slowly making our way through it. So, um, yeah, no team of the week for me, mate. I, I don't know about that. I'd, I'd rather not have to score. I'll just rebound. I'll just do the I'll just do the grunt work. I'll wrestle with blokes down low, and the rest of the guys can have their shots. All right, now we get uh, we get into the games of the week for next week. Uh, Rowan, you've got them in front of you. Can you can you take me through the games of the week? Yeah, Monday night we've got the Vikings and the Pacers. Um, those guys just get their fixture up. Those guys kicking off at 6.40 on a Monday night. So we've got Lakeside Vikings versus Jembrook Pacers. Who, who, do you guys, who are you guys picking and why? Uh, who's playing again? The Pacers and who's the other one? The Vikings. <laughs> uh, the Vikings win that. It's, it's getting late for you, Ploz, isn't it? I'm sorry. I'm watching the cricket. There's been two drop catches in the space of fucking five overs and I'm not happy with it. Um I've got the yeah I've got the Vikings winning that one. I've played both those teams. Um, obviously the Pacers are a new look, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And I think there might be not chemistry issues, just it'll probably take a little bit of breathing space to to sort of get that team to gel after the trade. So yeah, Vikings for mine. I think give me the Pacers. Vikings shot terribly last week, um, and if that continues, I think there's only one team to pick, and that is the Pacers. I'm on the paces as well. I think Cal Austin will have 20 and 20 and 
Dan <laughs> Bell will light it up from outside. So I think um, I'm going with the Pacers as well. Well, I'll just go fuck myself over here, fellas. How's that sound? <laughs> second game. Second game, no, Tuesday night. Well, I, I think it's got potential to be a really close game. You know, like it's one of those games where you've got some really some really good offensive talent in the Pacers and uh, some elite defensive talent, as we saw last last Tuesday in the Vikings. They're, they're a terrific defensive team. And you've got to throw them in that sort of silverbacks category. If there's another team that's – that's in that realm. It's it's the Vikings. They've got sort of you know four guys that can really stop good offensive talents. Re- really important matchup for the finals as well. Obviously, we just talked about the teams outside the four, and both these teams are outside the four, and both these teams obviously good enough to play finals. But might be just one of those games where there's not there's not enough room for both these teams to fight to qualify for finals. So this game is going to be a pretty important game for the head to head. We can start to see some separation, I reckon, here, guys, Like on the Monday night. It's been pretty tight up until now, but I reckon these next three or four weeks. Um, well, how long does the season go for again? We've got 13, well, there's, 13, there's 13 rounds, 11 games for every team. Yeah, so these are must-win games for, for teams that are sort of below the ledger at this point. Like if you're two and three or one and four, you, you can't, don't really have any space to make any more mistakes, so... Yeah, I reckon we'll start to see a bit of a separation and uh, and a couple of teams start to push for that last final spot and a couple of teams sort of drop. And we do have an absolute cracker of a game. There was a a pretty mint Facebook post that went up just before the pod started. I um, I was eating my dinner and I was was having a conversation (laughs) with my wife and she, I think I, I was interrupted by her saying, what are you doing? And I was just watching. I was just watching this post on loop for like five minutes because it was hilarious. Um, yeah, I think um, is it, it, it might have just been posted to the um, the Super League Nine chat, maybe. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I believe that um, most of what was said on that post is very accurate in terms of uh, <laughs> the, the smack that's been spoken between uh, Kyle and and Michael Blythe this week. Um, the GM chat's and... been bananas between those two. It's just been crazy. Boys, I've like... gone pretty hard on him this week. And, <laughs> um, you know, I think Mike, Michael's responses have been pretty good as well. So it's uh, it's shaping up to be a, a good good battle. These these guys, Silverbacks and Dragons, are playing Tuesday night, 9-10. Is there, like, history between these two? I don't, I'm not no, they, they don't know each other that well at all, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's um, even better. I assume they must have either been mates or like a butted heads before because they were getting right into each other in the group chat. It's been and, all, and honestly, all part it's of- not really it's not really in in Kyle's character to talk shit. So I'm not really sure what um, <laughs> what's got under his skin. It's all <laughs> part of the uh, all part of the strategy, I think. Does, <laughs> does offense beat defense this week, or does defense get up? I've got the Dragons winning this one. I reckon, boys. I reckon probably by fifteen too. I'm the opposite. I think the Silverbacks by probably about that margin. I'm on the Silverbacks as well. I think um, Kyle's probably spent about three weeks planning for this game. <laughs> uh, he's backing his boys in. He's, he didn't make a trade. He's got um, got some really good defenders, as you said, Josh and Dave Gormley and obviously himself and um, Jake as well, Long. And, man, that they, they will they will have their head-to-head matchups all sorted, and I, I believe the Silverbacks will win this game. I just see the like the dragons have got that many avenues to the bucket with Cam, Mick, even Big Trenner Reeford. Um, and I can see Cam especially, you know, that high IQ 
uh, if he gets a couple of blokes into foul trouble early, it could just all unravel. So, um, yeah, either look, we'll be chatting about this next week. Either I'm going to be right on both, or you two are going to be right on both. So, I don't know. It's it's definitely got the potential to go either way. It's you know it's full offense versus full defense, and um, it's going to be a very very interesting game. That's for sure. And and the you know the dragons are coming off eighty points. Um, yeah. So shit. I mean, mate, the Silvers um, wouldn't put that up in three weeks worth of ball. <laughs> that's <laughs> but right. They'd so, but they'd win. They'd win. So it's not like it's a bad thing for them. <laughs> that's right. I mean, they were actually saying um, after after our game on Tuesday. You know, you score score forty points, you can lose against the Silverbacks. You score forty one, you're going to win. So uh, it's just one of those things. It's a it's going to be an interesting game. See who does what better. And I think um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just having a crack here. The Silverbacks might win. All right. Have we got much else to talk about? Or Guys, I've just uh, I've just clicked on the Super League season nine page and um, it says get your wallets ready. Super League team merch is now dropping. Sneak yeah, peek: buddy. One of the few items and colorways that will be available. Um, there will be a ten day pre order window with a lead time of about three weeks to, to manufacture. And, man, I'm looking at these these jumpers at the moment, and obviously there's going to be a, f- a few other alternatives, but um, I think Lockie's, Lockie's organising this. He's done a great job. These jumpers look awesome. I've seen yeah, a uh, so, sneak peek of the, the long sleeves as well, guys. They look fantastic, the the long sleeves, the jumpers. It's something we did a few seasons ago. Um, and, yeah, it's uh, I think I saw a, a, comment, a comment from Summit going, what's the point? You just get traded all the time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> which I think is pretty funny, but um, they're high-quality gear, very comfy. I wear my Super League merch around the house all the time because it's just very, very comfortable to lounge around in and to wear day-to-day. So I'm wrapped that we've got this stuff back. I, I can't wait to buy myself a couple of Pirates uniforms or uh, pieces of apparel. And for the sure kids as well, of puffer shirt. A puffer pirate shirt. <laughs> a, puffer, a puffer shirt. Oh, a puffer shirt. Yeah, so what, you make like a pirate. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. If there's kids' sizes, bro, I might have to dabble there. Um, DT was good enough to organise me a couple of, uh, like, uh, jerseys last season that the kids wear, and they love it whenever they get to, to take those out. And then I told him I wanted to change teams, so I don't think he was happy with that. So. You're, you're, I was going to say, your little fella is um, he's getting pretty big quickly. Extra, extra small would probably uh, be a bit <laughs> Yeah, I reckon he could probably pinch uh, Pete Kennedy's jersey from the from the Pirates <laughs> and get away with wearing it. He's, he's a meaty little unit, Levi. But um, yeah, he's he's chomping at the bit too. We need to get Super League juniors going or something at, at one point, I think, because he's going to want to play it as soon as he can. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Hey, um, so we're just waiting for another post on this. I think Lockie is just showing us what's coming, and there's going to be another um, page. Sorry, another order form dropping the next couple of days. Yeah. Correct, yeah. So cool. today, tomorrow, keep your eyes peeled. There'll be a link go up uh, where you can go to the website and um, and place your orders. So, uh, yeah, if, you, if you're keen on getting some merch, repping your club, then, um, yeah, yeah, make sure you keep an eye peeled for it. It'll be good stuff. Yeah, awesome. That was cool. All right, fellas, so- well, that's, uh, that's going to bring us to the end of the podcast for tonight. I appreciate you both. For joining me, it was a lot of fun. I'm sorry about my mic issues. It's delayed the podcast considerably. Um, 
But, yeah, really appreciate you guys joining me and can't wait to do it all again next week without the hardware issues. See you, boys. Thanks, Have a good night. All right, I'm here with, uh, with Joel Donnelly from the Bears. Joel, Bears fresh off a 10-point win. Tell me about the game, mate. Yeah, so the first, I'd say, three quarters were rough, pushing the ball and making costly turnovers. But after that, by the start of the fourth, we tied it up and, you know, the GOAT himself, Big Jeff, fucking knocking down big threes and, you know, Al's doing his thing, fast breaks and, yeah, the boys are looking good. I have got can't fault them and they're looking good for the season, 5-0, and o, so that's a good start. Five on the trot. Are you guys confident that you guys will make the grand final? Winning it, is that what you mean? Well, make it at least. No, nah, winning. Winning. Yeah, winning it's, it's not just making, it's winning. Good. It's <laughs> it's good to see you down here every week, mate. It's um Obviously, you've been replaced by Alex Katusiak, but um, very much still a part of the Bears' fabric. Yeah, he's he's got a big shoe to fill. Um, he's put the jersey on and he's hit a couple of big shots. Must you know, must be the jersey. But um, you know, we're he's he's filling in well, and yeah, I'm just now Greg Popovich, so <laughs> just doing big things. I saw Alex earn a tech foul in true Joel Donnelly fashion. Yeah, we won't speak about that one. Uh, he's he's just trying to live up to my you know expectations, and he's doing well. He's he's got a few techs under the belt, and yeah, he's he's looking like the the Joel 2.0, so that's real good. <laughs> Tell me about your injury, mate. You're um you're in a moon boot currently. You're not working. What's the uh, what's the go? How long till you get it out? Uh, so I've got till what's it? July 20th to see the surgeon um, to see whether or not I need surgery, obviously. And if not, um, I should be back. I'd say roughly before Christmas, start playing again. But um, it's just more so getting ready for the trip next year. That's my biggest priority. Uh, rather go over there and play and then not do it again on a Thursday night at Packy. so but no it's it's all good there's no not much pain I've got movement in it now I can walk on it so it's all it's good signs you mentioned um earlier about a condition that it's called I thought you just had a fractured ankle but you were mentioning something else yeah so the obviously I fractured my fibula um to start off with and then we got an x-rays and MRIs done and the syndesmosis is the thing they're worried about. If that's gone, and obviously I need surgery and I have to pin uh, between the two bones um, to have stabilisation in the ankle. But looking at the x-ray that we got done the other week, it it's, looks like they're intact and there's no gapping in it. So hopefully, fingers crossed, um, good signs that they don't need surgery. Joel, thanks for joining me, mate. Hey, my pleasure, mate. Sitting next to the goat, so, you know, love it. I'm here with Matt Darcy from the Foxes, fresh off a nine-point win, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, nine. Tell me, uh, tell me about the game, mate. How did you guys go? Um, it was really back and forth for most of the game. We knew that uh, Tim Morgan, their guard, was going to be the one to kind of stop. He likes to control the game, similar to how I like to play. Um, but we knew that we had to kind of give it inside because we have two dominant bigs and we just kind of focused... Each of them as they go. Um, but no, yeah, it was really back and forth for most of it. Pretty physical, which I enjoy. Um, yeah, overall, good game. Transition seemed to be a big part of the game too for you guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Once we could get past him, which is very hard to do, but we look for everyone out. So once we grab the rebound, we're hoping everyone to push the ball, everyone to run, and sometimes, you know, we might have Tim or um, Josh get a cherry pick layup, but. Yeah, no, transition was good tonight. Now your your game in particular, I think, has been particularly interesting to watch uh, over the last maybe two or three games. 
I think we've noticed an uptick in aggression uh, in driving to the basket. Do you, do you see that? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, I like to just be Rondo and I'd love not to shoot a single shot for the whole game and just have 15 assists. But unfortunately, my team likes when I shoot and they tell me to shoot. And people like you or Tristan always tell me to shoot. And like Tristan <laughs> says, I do not. You tell me to shoot, I'm not going to do it. Um, so people have been pretty laid back with me this season and I've just kind of found my groove, I think. I've, yeah, looked to take a few more shots and my three-point shot went down tonight, which helped. And it did help um, when there's a little bit more space as well. But, yeah, I'm shooting more. Not sure why, but it's going in and it's helping. We like it. We like it. All right, Matt, thanks for joining us, mate. Perfect. Thank you for that. Thanks so much for listening to the Super League podcast today. Proudly brought to you by Horn Industrial Coatings. Please make sure to like and subscribe and follow us on all our socials. Until next time, make it a great day.